Hey, Bond Vivants. Welcome to the podcast. The episode you're about to listen to, number 39, is a two-part episode with the Blacksmith Distillery Brothers. So after you're done listening to this one, be sure and download part two. And thanks for listening to the show. So you like bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames Godfathers one and two, but not so fast. We got a podcast. We like that too. 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 Hey, Bon Vivants, welcome back to the We Like That Too podcast. I'm Brad Jones coming to you from the happy confines once again of the Bon Vivant International Media Center. And of course, joining me is the head Bon Vivant himself, Mr. Keith Inlow. Feels kind of good to be home again, doesn't it? Well, we've been running around and we got more running around to do. John Denver did a song about that. He did. Hey, it's good to be back home hey, again. Hey, it's good to be back home again. Yeah. But you know, it is fun being mobile. It's going to broaden our horizons and our listeners' experiences also. So, uh, but always, you know, always good to be back home after a trip. We've got some stuff planned that I haven't even talked to you about uh, this summer. Oh, this should be fun. Some of our parrothead friends will really enjoy, I think. And we've I know, got some stuff and we teased, I know we teased this before too. We've got some parrothead stuff coming up, various places. We've got a trip to the Kansas City area planned. We've got a trip to the Nashville area planned. We do. And so we're going to get quite a few shows out of all of those locations, and we're excited about that. Mobile, agile. Mobile and, and agile. Not That's hostile. Right. And not hostile, yes. Fragile, maybe. Fragile. My ego. We have one of the great shows of all time, and why is that, Keith? Because we're going to drink. And because oh. our guest brought... The booze. This is a trend. This, <laughs> this is, is a this trend is three, that we like. This is three shows running, I think. I know. I think it is, too. Yeah, this there may wonderful. be a one-off in there, but we're head, trending in the right direction. I think so, too. I think yeah. I think because we're the cheap asses that we are, we just invite people that will bring their own liquor to our show. So introduce so, these yeah. guys, Brad, because the audience is going to get a big kick out of them. We're going to have a good time. We yeah, got we are. The, we got the Broker Boys the with Broker us today. The Broker Brothers. The fabulous Broker, Broker Brothers. Broker Brothers. Mike and Russ. The owners and bottle washers and everything else for Blacksmith Distillery in Loman, Missouri. The rolling hills of Loman, Missouri. How you guys doing? All right, all right, all right. All right. Glad to glad to have you down here. Glad to have you here. Welcome to the show. So we're gonna talk and drink and have a good time today. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about about the family because um your family story is is a good one. Yes it is. And Mike, give us a little history of your family in the area and and probably the DNA that you inherited for doing what you're doing, which is getting into the distillery area. Yeah, making whiskey. So our grandfather, our dad's dad, um, was a blacksmith in Frankenstein, Missouri. Yes, really. Frankenstein. There is a Frankenstein, Missouri. There is a Frankenstein. Oh, there is. Absolutely is. It's about 50 minutes from here, and you turn left past the sunrise. Yeah. So um, they they didn't have electricity until Dad was eight. So they really grew up, you know, Little House on the Prairie style. And they made everything, grew everything, did everything themselves. 
And so our grandfather was a blacksmith. He also had a sawmill. And uh, they made their own beer, their own cider, the Applejack, which they're kind of famous for. And then, of course, booze. And it started with corn whiskey. And Dad's got a real strange story he tells about that. Uh, we'll leave that for when Dad's on here. Um, <laughs> but it's just it's corn whiskey, which not a lot of people make. And so it's lighter and sweeter. And you don't have any other ingredients. Anyway, uh, so we talked about for years that we'd always want to, you know, maybe start distilling and that'd be a cool thing to do. And then dad picked up that uh, five gallon um, uh, milk can. Antique milk can. Yeah. Yeah. At an auction thinking that would be a good starter. Okay. Right. And so it sat in his shop for a while and I was at a a birthday party or something at dad's house and um, he introduces me to the guy that, um, that built his own still. Hey, this is Dave. He made his own still. Oh, really? Hey, come here. And I said, well, would you build us a still? And he says, I've been trying to get your dad to build a still for three or four years. I said, why won't he? Well, he's too cheap to buy the copper. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that sounds like dad. And I said, yeah. uh, uh, I said, how much money are we talking? He says, three, four hundred dollars. I said, if I pay for it, well, yeah. So that started. So then I, I went to the brothers and they're all like, we're in. And there was five of us and, uh, two girls. So. Irish Catholic family, you know. Yeah. And uh, so... That's less than $100 a piece. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so then I stole the milk can out of his shop, and uh, Dave gave me the list. We went and bought it, made the first one. We took one of my old wines that I made that was mulberry that nobody liked, and we distilled it. It came out 145 proof. And we're like, hello, this is fun. (laughs) You can drink it or put it in the truck. Yeah. (laughs) So it's double use. But you only get a quart out of a little five-gallon. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's how it started. And then on Dad's 70th birthday, we presented it to him. And uh, so all the the sons all went in on this. And so we had two of them that lived out of state on a – it wasn't Zoom at the time, but uh, whatever. Video call. Right. And then the rest of us were there, and Dave Phillips, the guy that did this, was there. And so we just had the column, which is about this long and this big around, two two pipes. And we so, carried it so up. So this is this radio. Is, uh, <laughs> this is audio, so that's about three about, feet about long. This big, about about this big. About this big. 12 uh, inches in diameter. Yeah. yeah. And in other words, I could carry it. So it's like a column still. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, brought this column in and uh, said, happy birthday, Dad. And he looked at it. He looked up at Dave, and he says, this is yours? He says, no, it's yours. It's for your birthday. What owe you? He says, what do you mean, what owe you? No, your sons, they bought it. And he's like, this is yours? And he keeps looking up, but his dad was sitting down at the desk watching. And he was just like, he didn't figure it out. And so he finally gets it. And then he says, this has been on my bucket list for years. And we brothers and family look at each other. And dad, if you have a bucket list, why wouldn't you tell us? If you want to get something off of it, we need to know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, that's great. That's, that's a great started. story. Yeah. You know, one of the things that uh, we do on this uh, show is we sample things. And mm-hmm. and so we want to hear the blacksmith distillery story uh, as we move forward. But let's taste some of some of the products that you brought today. I think that's so an excellent We're going to let you guys pour. And we're going to probably sample we three or four different things. We've got bottles here, and, Keith. Uh, this is exciting. Yeah, who man. knows where this show is going to go, as many bottles as we have to, to sample. And we're going to let uh, the brothers pour and then describe for us what we're tasting. So we're going to start off with the uh, corn whiskey. And All right. Again, there's several different corn whiskeys on the market today. Many of them do a different variation uh, where they might have other grains. I might have some barley, a touch of rye. Some decide to age, some don't. Ours is 100% Missouri corn. Um, it is 80 proof, and that's mostly an homage to our, our father. He doesn't like the high proof like 
I do. Uh, <laughs> and so this is aged in toasted oak only. So it's white oak, uh, heated to a particularly high temperature and no char. So you get that lily, the lighter yellow color as opposed to the amber color of a typical bourbon. Uh, but if you nose it, you'll get like a, a kettle corn almost. Yeah, this has got a sweet nose to it. It yeah. does have and a sweet nose light. to it's it. It's got a light yeah. and, and I, w- I would almost say crisp nose to it. Yeah, that's got um, a great nose to it. It does. Too. I and really I'm, I'm going to side with your dad. I don't like, you know, it doesn't have to burn going down for me to enjoy it. So great nose on this and nice color, really nice color, a light golden, yeah. but it's not that dark amber. See, if you look at the difference here, your radio audience can't see this, but I've got the bourbon next to the corn. You can see how light they are. And there is there is a difference, for sure, for sure. And there's really not a lot of whiskeys of any kind that are only put into toasted. Uh, it's a big trend right now for bourbons and American whiskeys to be finished in toast after a charred barrel. So because of that, you know, this is kind of unique in that you'll find that nose so different. And you can taste the corn on this. Oh, yeah, you oh, can. Absolutely. This is like... A that, fresh ear of corn out of the garden mm-hmm. with with a little bit of butter on it even. I mean, you know, it's just – it's really nice and smooth and very smooth. Oh, this is nice. No, you don't get – there's no burn on this at all. Oh, that goes down too smooth. This is, this is dangerous. Okay, this is dangerous. What did we say? We can't hardly taste the alcohol on this. <laughs> We've used that line before. Sorry, Bon Vivants. Yeah. You know. <laughs> now that's very nice, guys. Very good. Thank, Thank you. you. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, toasted oak versus charred, uh, charred. charred oak. And the studio and, audience also, of course, yeah. if they're 21, can, yeah. uh, can try it. I'm looking for reactions. Yeah. They're in agreement. They're nodding yes. All, so, all uh, 15 of your producers just, uh, gave that a big thumbs up. That's right. How long in the barrel? Well, that's a great question. We, <laughs> we've been experimenting. We're, and, that, and that's fine. You know, it's, yeah. it's we're a weekends-only distillery uh, and very, very small, so we don't produce nearly the uh, the volumes that many others do. So we chose to start off with three-gallon barrels. Uh, right. We, today, we have seen them. Keith, and, to- Keith and I have been the, out. Yeah, we toured the distillery, and right. those, are, those are really, I want to say cute, but they're, they're <laughs> cool looking. I was going yeah, to say cute, and I thought, yeah. oh, that's not, that's not the right word. It's that they're interesting because, you know, when you do other distillers, you see these giant yeah. right. kegs, right. and this is a different look. Yeah. 90% of the people, when they step into the barrel room, say, aren't those cute? Yeah. Okay, then. I don't so, feel bad. Cute works. I don't even, feel bad. Even for manly men yeah. like yeah. yourself. Manly I'm, men like ourselves. I'm secure. I am too. There you go. So to answer your question, yeah. the three-gallon barrels typically uh, will, for, for first use, will find about 100 days. Okay. Uh, will be optimum. Five-gallon that we're also uh, using for some things, about 120 days. What do you guys find in that amount? Of, you're probably not losing a loss a lot of angel share, are you? No, you don't You yeah. don't see any significant loss, really. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that we do have loss-wise, you can see on the top of the barrels with these really cool-looking, you know, amber trails coming out, that's when we fill it too full. Yeah. And you pop that cork in there, and then when it does expand, it kind of squeezes out. Yeah. yeah. Looks so cool. where do you get your barrels? Our three-gallon barrels, we can't find any made in Missouri, uh, so we're getting them out of Arkansas. But okay. Pretty much all barrels are uh, – the white oak is coming from the Ozark Mountain Range anyway, and it's right. about a four- or five-state area. Yeah. So it's all the same trees, but these are just assembled uh, – 
in, in Arkansas. And the smallest barrel that we have discovered made in Missouri are the 15 gallons. Okay. And so we have a few of those that we do our finishing in and, and that we do our Missouri bourbon. Yeah. Because yeah. we talk about, you know, we've talked about Independence Day down in Lebanon. Yeah. And I guess Keith and I, Keith and I didn't realize just what a big deal they were until we went on the bourbon trail and yeah. we went to Kentucky and we went to every single, and now Independence Day has opened, you know, their own facility mm-hmm. right there in the middle of, it's not too far from Bardstown, isn't it? I mean, it is in Bardstown. It's in Bardstown. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so, right outside Bardstown. Yeah. yeah. So they, 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 no, moved, you know what? they moved in, the mountain to Muhammad. So it's in Lebanon. It's in Lebanon, Kentucky. In, that's right. Because it's in Lebanon, Lebanon Missouri, Missouri, and Lebanon, Kentucky. I forgot that. Yeah. That is too cool. Well, so, they are the largest in the world. Yeah. And Missouri oh, yeah. is the largest producer of whiskey barrels in the world. Bourbons have to be new white oak. Correct. Do you find use for your used bourbon barrels once – do you use them for other spirits? Well, what an interesting segue, Ross. <laughs> One of our newest products is our honey bourbon. Okay, so let's talk other products too. Yeah. Okay. Jump in there. So a guy called us up. Yes, we've been selling the barrels. People buy them for furniture. People buy them for barrel-aged cocktails, mead, uh, guys that like to you know make their own beer. You know, put yeah. them in there. Ooh, barrel we, could, aged beer. we could get one of these uh, and have on our bar. Yes. Yeah. And like blend stuff in it. And uh-huh. yeah. barrel aged cocktails. Oh, okay, put me on the list. Okay. Absolutely. All right. We'll have to get a logo from you to burn on the on the end. We can do that. Ooh, we, we can could do that. have. We could have our own. We like that. My brother too, is. A, my brother's a welder. He can make you a, a real brand if he you can. want it. Yeah. That's right. He can, yeah. he can. He can do those brands. He can do yeah. just about anything. He's that'd be he's, fun. He's an artiste. So he's we do. Artiste. So we sell those. And uh, one guy called up and he said he wanted to do barrel aged honey. He's a honey producer. And I said, I will definitely sell you one of these, but then we're going to buy it back from you. So we did, and we take our finished bourbon with this sticky. It's it's got uh, it's got honey, you know, all yeah, of it. we cleaned yeah, it off. Yeah. But uh, honey is a is it diuretic? I think is what it is. It draws the moisture out of everything, and so he has to stick barrel wax all over these barrels because the, the honey is like pulling the moisture out of them. At any rate. Uh, so then how many days are we, we shooting for on the honey? Leave it in for about four weeks afterwards, just really to dissolve it out of the jar. That's Since the, we're talking about that's it. That's the absolutely. honey. Do well, I want to try you, this one? We you, might as well. Well, it's a segue, Keith. I, Come on. You know, you know, I don't want to be unsociable. No. Yeah. <laughs> as he sh- I don't want to diss their product. So, so no, they've got a honey, but I mean, we're they've got a honey soaked barrel, basically. Yeah, because obviously think about how difficult it is for you to pour all the honey out. Right. Okay. So we take those, fill it back with bourbon, and stick it on the shelf. The thing about white oak and the reason distillers use it is the grain, when the grain gets raised, it exposes the surface area and the amount of oak that gets into the liquid and vice versa. So if you can imagine that coated with honey, my goodness. That's what we imagined, and that's what you're about to enjoy. Wow. So the nose on this is going to be different, and it's just a hint of honey flavor. But it's gorgeous. It is really good. Russ, you want to tell them what happened with the bottles you took up in two weeks? I have, uh, I live in St. Louis and I don't know, we've got 20, 30 different stores, restaurants and retailers as customers. Uh, two of my customers uh, are now carrying this and, uh, it's pretty much sold out everything I took down. <laughs> well, so, in two weeks. In two weeks. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the wild turkey right. honey is one is, of their top selling. Yeah. I think it's second only to Fireball. Is it as really? far as whiskey sales. For flavored whiskeys? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that it's popular. You can taste this without tasting it. Oh, All you got to do is smell is, this. This is ugh. which is always a good sign for me. Yeah. This is a this is an amazing nose. No, we learned a little thing a little something. A fireball is what 
Yeah, I know, but it, it rules the roost. I mean, because it costs from, a dollar to make. Exactly, <laughs> that's exactly right. But they sell a lot of it. That is nice, though. Now that I think you'll find, you taste the honey on the top of your on the front of your tongue, yeah, the back of your tongue, and a minute or two later, you're going to taste it in your throat. And it'll just it just sits there. I mean, it's it's really it beautiful. Does. It's got a great finish. It wow. stays on your tongue. I got to tell you, I'm surprised by this because I don't typically like Flavors. flavored whiskeys. I, I, I think we talked about that. And I, I so I'm pleasantly surprised. But, but this I, is not overpowering. No, it is so well balanced mm. that it's just a hint. Russ, you know, I'm I'm getting it on the roof of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard that before, but that seems to be. My tongue keeps going back up there to get more of it. <laughs> it's probably because it's sticky. <laughs> well, I don't know, but that's it, honey. That's good. Well, good. for us, we don't uh, we don't really. Well, I I don't like any kind of flavored whiskeys in general either. And one thing I can't stand is is any kind of artificial flavor. So so many things with whether it's the honey or apple or whatever else, if if it's artificial at all, I just. I just can't drink it. I'm not going to name names, but there's a lot of them out there on the market today that uh, right, right. do that. So with that, when we just – the way that came out, I was so incredibly pleased. You taste I, the honey just how it is out of the honey jar. I think you may have hit the nail on the head, though. This is not artificially induced. It is a natural process by putting that in the barrel. Yep. You're no. not adding stuff to no. it. No. It's, it's not a flavor additive. It's not a flavor nope. additive. It's not honey-flavored syrup or and something. it's naturally no. made Correct. honey. Yeah, right. right. I mean, the honey is natural in its yeah. in its state. Right. We were hoping that it, it was going to be from Missouri, but he's just over the line in Illinois. Oh. That's where he well, was. Well, wow. it's close. Those bees are probably flying, flying across the yeah. river yeah. to get into the clover and stuff right. like that. The so. bees, the bees what, can't see the state line. What, so it's what fine. is? I mean, what are they? The bees pollinating to get the honey. It just depends on your. Okay, so, is it, so they're not specific no, to a certain. No, he's you know. got them all over the place, and yeah. uh, farmers will allow him. He'll put three hives uh, along the bottom of a cornfield, three yeah. hives next to a clover field. You know, clover, like yeah, that. yeah, great. That's good. I forget is, what it is, but do, it, do I have a bottle of it? I don't have a bottle of this yet. Okay, we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's very new. We've got this one. We've got this one down here, Keith. That. I just kicked under the table. All right. Okay. Well, I hope you had the lid in it. <laughs> All right. So nothing that's the, to that's see the here. Honey bourbon. That is our honey, honey bourbon. That's very nice, guys. And very that's nice. ninety proof. Is You'd it? never. I would never really? guess that. As smooth as that no, is, you would not. Uh, we there's a, there's a little bit more hug to it than maybe the than what we just it's had. Warmth though. With it's the, warmth. With the corn. It's not burn. Yeah. No. It's there's not a, burn. There's a there's a little warmth, and you know this would be great on a uh, a snowy winter day sitting by the fireplace just sipping it watching the snow fall or over some ice cream yeah i wouldn't waste it over ice cream i i, I know what you mean because yeah, it would work I, with that i don't but. think I'd, okay on your pancakes then. yeah yeah, yeah maybe pancakes, my pancakes i wouldn't waste it on yeah ice cream uh, no. yeah that's good i don't usually pour stuff over things anything i no, can drink i don't, I don't usually pour it over other things no, just, yeah yeah, we're talking about barrels, and and I think um, as you take the journey, as as Keith and I always say, you take the journey, whether it's wine, whether it's spirits, whatever it is, whatever you, the fun is learning about you know the different techniques. You know, when we went to uh, down to Bourbon Country, believe me, by the time we got done, we had a pretty good idea. After you heard, you know how you make Kentucky bourbon. There's a reason why it's called Kentucky bourbon because there is rules. And one of the things I was going to ask you about is the bourbon bill that passed in Missouri. Oh. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because we have now 
criteria for putting on your product Missouri bourbon. You want to talk a little bit about Russ? Why don't you what, start with our mash bill and how you came up with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to hear about the mash bill. So I've been a big bourbon guy for for many years, and uh, I'm a fan of Elijah Craig uh, seventy eight twelve ten uh, mash bill. Uh, they're not the only one. I mean, it's a, Elijah Craig, twelve year old. Oh, the eighteens. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Our friend Matt Green, who, by the way, is our, is our bottle sponsor, sponsor here for uh, <laughs> managed to uh, scrounge a bottle of uh, Elijah Craig Twelve and the Angels sang. Well, oh, and not, not and to be confused Vons, with Angels Envy, but it was yeah. Bon Vivants who are in and around or visiting the Central Missouri area, you can acquire Blacksmith Distillery products at Barvino. Yes, yes, you can. Matt carries them. So yes, you can. We interrupted your story. So, right? That's all right. Okay. So we had to do a commercial. We yeah. don't. We, you know. Well, there were seven of us kids, so we're used to interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that's what we that's what we chose as our original uh, mash bill. And gosh, I don't know, that was seven years ago when we were still practicing. Um, bringing it back to the uh, Missouri statute, actually, that's now the the most stringent of all in the United States as far as what's required to make something. More, uh, more than Kentucky. And he'll tell you so, why. So explain those numbers to the Bon Vivants. You, you kind of rolled through those. Okay, sorry. Those numbers of that mash. That's okay. We, we just want to make sure we're not taking anything for granted. Uh, a mash bill is the recipe right. for a whiskey or bourbon. Right. So the 78% is corn, 12% is rye, and the 10% is a malted barley. Okay. Malted barley is primarily not for flavor, but for the amylase to help increase the production and, and uh, overall alcohol volume. Gets more sugar out. Yeah. 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 Okay. All so right. that's. I think that's kind of a cool thing. Well, and and it came about because there were so many people out there that were bastardizing, you know, and saying, "Well, this is Kentucky bourbon," well, and sure. it was just it was shit. You know, it was it the stuff was not it was not good, and and all of the, the distillers, the I think, of their they all got together and said. No, yeah. if we're going to do this and we're going to do this, we want the quality to be right. If it's if it says this is a Kentucky bourbon on it, it's going to be good, you know. And I, I I applaud you guys. I um. And what county did that start in? Bourbon uh, County. Bourbon, bourbon County. Bourbon yeah. County. Yes, That's sir. right. That's right. Before Sorry. we go too far past that, does the bill that was passed about Missouri bourbon? Does it say anything about where the grain has to be sourced from or anything like that? It does. Only for the corn, however. Okay. So the corn must be uh, grown in Missouri. Okay. And the barrels must be made and assembled in Missouri. Okay. It does not say anything else about the other grains. Okay. Nor does it say where the trees have to be grown because that's just too difficult when you you get to the drying. Sure. You can only, you know, you can push it through the funnel so much before all of a sudden nobody can, I can't do that, you know, so that's. And it still follows the rest of the rules about, you know, what proof that you can distill it up to and what you can barrel it at. So similar to Kentucky bourbon. Right. So on the Kentucky bourbon, add to it the barrel requirement. Yeah. That's what, that's what makes Missouri's wow. special. And corn. Yeah. Wow. And, and the corn and sourced. Corn. Yeah. I'm assuming your dad said it was on his bucket list. Did he already have a recipe? Did he have a mash bill? Or is it, was it just something he had wanted to do? That was the, the corn. That was, was the just, corn was just 100% corn. Okay. All right. Which is, Russ was explaining that earlier. We don't add barley to it like so many others. We don't add Rye, uh, rye, or not, yeah. not even little, you know, one percent or three percent. So yeah. it's one hundred percent. It's one hundred percent corn, and that's what Dad did. And if you talk about back in the days of prohibition, 
Yes. Corn liquor. It probably was mostly 100% corn liquor. I mean, yeah, it depends you know on why. where you were. It, the reason why is because corn is the cheapest grain. It was cheap. And yeah. it's the most plentiful here in yeah. the Midwest. And everybody could grow it in their garden. Yeah. 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 So or it's, in the field. Yeah. yeah. Most yeah. people that uh, our age or older guys, you know, they'll try out corn for the first time and they'll I mean, it's so funny how many stories. Oh my God, this reminds me of my grandpa, my yeah. uncle, uh, <laughs> sipping something with my, you yeah. know, my dad's brother down in the basement. You know, it's just one of those things that so many guys had something like that. Sipping something from a jug that didn't have a label on it. That tasted yeah. remarkably like corn. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Hey, Bombi Vance, we'll be right back in just a minute. Hey, Bon Vivants, you know when We Like That Too was launched, we knew very little about what was needed to promote the podcast online. That's right. So we turned to Greg Arnold at GAA Consulting. GAA Consulting was a lifesaver helping us get things started. Greg is a small business owner who loves helping small businesses grow. He takes the time to listen to your business goals. GAA Consulting will custom design your website and create a digital marketing strategy to help you reach those goals. Every project is tailor-made to meet your small business needs and preferences. And Greg can teach you to manage things yourself, or you can hand things over to him and he'll lighten your workload. You know, if your business needs help building an online presence, visit GAAConsultingLLC.com. That's GAAConsultingLLC.com. Custom solutions for your small business needs. And thanks to Greg for sponsoring the podcast. Hey, Bon Vivants. Now back to the nonsense. Well, one of the things that I wanted to, I wanted to promote with you guys, because I know you're members. I assume you're still members of the Missouri Craft Distillers Guild. Mm-hmm. And you've all gotten together and I, I assume probably came to a meeting of the minds on the bourbon bill because. Well, uh, one of the uh, founders, uh, was, um, one of the main drivers working with the Missouri legislature to get that bill done. Don Gosling at uh, Copper Mule and uh, Gary at Woodhat. Gosen. Yeah. Gosen. Yeah. Sorry. We're going to go see him. We're going to yeah. go see Don. Right. Because I remember Don when Don was in the legislature because I, you know, lobby for small business. So I remember when Don was here. And, um, yeah, that's cool. We, the Copper Mule is down at uh, down there. And right. So, right. We've talked about making a trip down there. So. Well, if you get the chance, I highly recommend going to Herman. I hadn't spent a lot of time down there, but we've got a, a new customer of ours that's got uh, a very Missouri-centric bar. Uh, it's in the Crown Crown Suites Hotel. Yes, the hotel. And he's got a, a street-level bar right. that on one side is all Missouri wine, and on the other side is all Missouri whiskey. And then the basement is the most epic speakeasy-type bar and it's just uh, right on Main Street, Central, Herman. And, of course, you got three other distilleries down there. It's- yes, I'm making note of that. Yes. <laughs> we, you should have I'm seen calling. the look. I think you almost my, got whiplash there. My, what? My podcast partner just what? gave me a look that said, write that down. <laughs> and he's got, a, he's, got, he's got the hotel and the building next to it, a patio in between, live music during the summer, like four days a week. And he's been open just a couple of years. Right? Where is yeah. this? It's uh, downtown Main Street, Herman. Crown. Obviously, sold. Brenda, we haven't been to Herman for a while. We got a convertible not too long ago, and we go to places now in Herman for a Sunday afternoon. We love driving down there. You know, you do the river road and you Beautiful. go down there. And so we found places that we just really like to go in Herman. 
and I am not familiar with this one. And Don's place is one I want to. I don't know if you guys have been yet, but it's a brand spanking new, and it looks yeah. it looks like a lot of fun. It's Perfect. the drive back from Herman after the wine all day. You got to stay overnight. Yeah, sometimes stay overnight. Lots yeah. of B and Bs, cool yeah. B and Bs right. there in Herman. Some beautiful places down there. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, Keith and I have talked about. That's another one we we've talked we'll about. We'll do a remote going. from We there. could do a couple. And Bon Vivants, Herman, Missouri, is in the heart of the. Uh, Missouri wine country, which was settled by Germans when they immigrated uh, into the United States and across uh, the western states. The hills along the Missouri River reminded them of the Rhineland, and they settled there. And uh, it's a very similar topography to their, their homeland, and so that's uh, one of the reasons they settled in that it's area. A, it's, a, it's a huge tourist destination in Missouri, and, pe- yeah. and people don't realize you know, just how many people uh, actually go to Herman, this little little town, because yeah. it's, it's cute. It's, it's a cute well, place. You know, it's historic. It is historic. It had a lot to do with the the founding, you know, of Missouri and the yes, immigrants that came into Missouri. So, and the, you know, they have their Oktoberfest and their Myfest and stuff like that. And so the the uh, the festivals and stuff that go on there are legendary. Yep. And it's a it's a very neat little town. And they well, make I, they make beer and they make wine. A lot of wine. And now yeah. there's a bunch of whiskey. And now we right. got some whiskey makers. So well, one of the interesting stories I read about Herman years ago is. Is one of the reasons they settled there is because the soil content, because of the latitude and the longitude, is almost equivalent to France, and it's perfect for growing grapes. Yep. A few years ago, I heard that Missouri was number two or number three wine producer in the world. Anybody? Mm, I don't think that's correct anymore. I'm afraid okay. we're about 11th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There but was a time. Jim Anderson's a good buddy yeah. of ours. There was a time and, uh, when we were a little higher wine but I think there's but, so much new wine production going on. And that, you know yeah, what? That may have very well been a case, but now there's there's wines produced in every single state in the in the United States. Yeah, the dry wines from the desert. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, they are. They're growing grapes you can in grow the them desert in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're growing them everywhere. So, so yeah. Alaska, I guess, has somebody that's growing and making wine. I know blueberries grow in Alaska. Well, they do. So, Mike. What did you, you just, pour for you us? You just poured Keith and I. This, this is, is the bourbon that Russ and I were talking about. This is your anchor. Our flagship. This is your flagship. Their number one seller. Anchor I knew bourbon. there was a reason I bought a bottle of this when I toured the distillery. Mm-hmm. And when I put it to my nose, <sighs> I, I remembered immediately. Again, you don't have to drink this to taste it. No, you don't. Caramel, vanilla, notes. That if you're If you like that on a bourbon... This is your stuff. It is. This, this is, is phenomenal. Very, very nice. Oh, thank you. I could just sit here and smell it all day long. <laughs> I know. That wouldn't be a very interesting podcast. No, so, you know. A it's, bunch of sniffing. The, the, yeah. Yeah. Get closer to the mic. Wow, I, I think that's a different the podcast. Sniffing, <laughs> sniffing in the visual on either one of those doesn't work that yeah. well for, for yeah. the podcast. But um, We have to describe what we're seeing and smelling. Well, sure. I get... You know, I get those caramel notes. Those oh, caramel really, those, is those huge really on this. wonderful caramel notes off of a, off of a bourbon like this. And brand light oak, but not heavy. No, it's not a real heavy oak. Not heavy oak. No. Um, how how long is this one aged? We are shooting for the same the the ninety to hundred days on these in the three gallon barrels. Well, you know this for for what you would call a young bourbon. Yeah, this is very smooth. It is. it is very, very smooth. And, and it's on the sweeter side. And so. you know, guys, here's, here's the thing people have to realize too. When you start a distillery, it's, it's kind of not unlike, well, 
I don't know. That's probably I'll get yelled at for that. But <laughs> when you start a vineyard, for instance, you got to grow all the vines first. Yeah, yeah, you got you got seven years. But on the other hand, too, with a distillery, you're not going to start out with a seven year old aged in the barrel. Unless you're buying it from product. MGP or somebody product. else. Right. Yes, right. You're not Unless you're buying do it from somebody. So you have to have a three gallon and five gallon. That was the uh, other reason. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I mean. There's this thing, it's this nasty thing, Keith. It's called cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it needs to flow at least in both directions at some point, you know? Yeah, indeed. So I think, uh, Mr. Enlow, when you've got a product like this, I think it's great. Well, I agree. And here's what I, I'm interested to see what your all's take on this is. If this is as young as you tell me it is, I think you need to look into a Rick house of some kind to start aging some of this stuff. For longer periods. You know. For long, for, yes. we're talking years, years. And, and that's the problem. You know, Brad, we've talked about the, uh, the Pappy Van Winkle books and the bourbon books and stuff. And it's like, All right. you know, some of these bourbon makers never see the end product. They mm-hmm. put something in a barrel today and they will not live. Right. Like the 72 year old right. McAllen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, exactly. It's, it's sort of sad, but that's, when you said there's this nasty little thing, I thought you were going to say time. Well, That's what I thought he was going to say that too. Yeah. Well, time is the other yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Cash flow is one thing, but time is the other. That's and right. They're, they're, I, I they're, think, they kind of go go hand in hand when you're talking about you know the ba- uh, the base kind product, of product here. Yeah. The base product here is such that I got to believe ageability is only going to take it to a, the next level. Well, Russ, why don't you tell them about the um, the family reserve bourbon? Yeah. Which kind of take is what we're talking about here about the age. Ooh. Well, we've had. Many folks share that same sentiment with us, and we've done a very, very slow growth, knowing that the worst thing to do is tantalize someone with a good product and put it on a shelf. And like, oh, you can't have it anymore. Sorry, we're out. <laughs> no. uh, so we, I thought that was what Pappy Van Winkle did. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, you know what? That's, that's exactly what Pappy exactly Van Winkle did. Yeah. They were a little more established than we are, I think, though, when they did that. Uh, so we've been trying to do that and, you know, we, we still don't have enough volume that we can just go and, you know, fill up a 53 and toss it down, you know, out back. I get, I get. Uh, and if you keep it in a three gallon for a year, you're going to want to throw it out. <laughs> so it's over oaked. It's just oh, not. It is. Oh, really? Okay. It, it, okay. So too good. much exposure. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. You need All a 15 right. to go I, two years. I never thought of that. Yeah. 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 Um, but what we did do, and, and I know it's, uh, it's a big, I alluded to it earlier, a big kick now for numerous bourbon manufacturers to finish in a toasted. So you get a little bit more age on the wood and a little, a little nuance from the toasted oak. But it speeds it up a little. Is no, that no, 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 no. This is a longer. We're aging it longer. Age so, it. so age it for the hundred. What, age it for the hundred days that's in what the I charred it, barrel. It ages it quicker. Yeah. No, is that right? It, well, it kind just of. it just adds. Uh, so if we do a hundred days to make the bourbon, when it's finished, we then put it into a toasted barrel for another two months. Okay. So. It just adds a, a, a different nuance to it, and we have that bottle here somewhere. So I just want to throw this out there. In my basement, I have an unfinished portion of my basement, which could hold a large. You'd, you'd offer to do that for us? I would. As long as there, as long as there was a, you know, a, spigot, a tap a on it to where I would get to sample it once in a while. Just to make sure it hasn't gone bad. Right. right. Sure. It doesn't get yeah. over yeah. yeah. Gentlemen, do not take up my <laughs> I don't know what happened. It must have an- leaked out. It's called the angel share. Be quiet. Yeah. 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 You know who the angel is? Yeah. He's at the end of the table. Yeah. I'm just saying. Oh, well, this, I, I got to say, this is very nice, and I'm a big bourbon drinker too, uh, Russ, and uh, we've sampled a lot of bourbons in our time. 
this is this is really really good especially again for one that has not been aged a long time anything like that usually those are a little hotter a little more raw yes yeah, this, exactly. yeah. this has the taste of a finished it really really does bourbon. If, if we hadn't told you um that this was how long we had aged it what would you have guessed it at? oh i said five to seven yeah i would have said seven years yeah at least i have you put this in any Blind tastings, contest stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Rush, I'm, I'm not about? even. I mean, just you know, guys sitting around to say, "Hey, let's let's slide this one in amongst some of the Elijah Craig's and We've, Woodford's and that kind of thing." Rush? Just just with buddies, you know, nothing with right, folks right. I don't know. No, no, no. Totally. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, with with buddies and aficionados, and and Russ does a lot of tastings at liquor stores in right. liquor stores right. in mm-hmm. St. Louis area and. You can tell them about some of the comments that you've gotten. Yeah, I would love to hear some of these stories because, yeah. you know, that's one of the things when you get somebody that comes up and you can just tell right away that they they think that they know everything that there is to know about bourbon. And they, <laughs> like, like you guys. They start pinging you with questions. We don't, though. We know we don't. Yeah, we know we don't. We're not, we know enough to be dangerous. I make it a point to try to not answer if that's one of their first questions. How, how long has this aged? I'm like, well, why don't you taste it and let me think, you know, let, let me know what you think. Because, I mean, it just turns people off to hear that because they don't want to hear the rest of the story. They want to turn their nose up. But most everyone that does try it, it has a similar response to you. You know, they are surprised. We, we get a really nice flavor out of that barrel. Here's, here's something that I wanted to tell you guys, and I've thought about it ever since we, we went out and we visited your place. And I had so much respect for what you guys do after you look at the those huge operations out there and the product that you put out because you know i lobby for small business over over at the capitol Uh and i said this is the quintessential right here of the way it ought to be and it was it was also to me watching the way i mean you guys were putting the labels on and stuff by hand and stuff i said this is the way our forefathers did it. This is the way they started. They had to start this way. Yep. And I, I don't know about Keith. I think he felt the same way. But I, after I you see those big operations and you come down and then you see a product like this that is that is just so good, so family, as were those that Originally. started yeah. you know, 200 years ago. Yeah, we're not ninth generation. I mean, we're first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not the beams. You yeah. know, they've been well, around. technically the third generation. <laughs> third generation. <laughs> So anyway, but but it's two sides of the same coin to me, Brad, and I agree wholeheartedly. It was it was so uh, inspirational to see the small batch operation that you guys are running. And I do want to talk about some of your other lines because you're running more than just whiskeys and bourbons. But to see that small batch, small family operation and then to taste the product and wish I wish everybody could taste this. You yeah. Know, but, but it's limited because of the scope of the operation. You can, there are right. only so many hours in a day. You're, you're only cooking on the weekend. You know, your workforce is small. It's like, but. Well, but, we're not that small. <laughs> well, I could, I could lose some weight. You know, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Well, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, we're in a milk bar. It's when you find something that is really good, you wish Everybody could enjoy it, and but but I'm also sort of uh, keep it private, possessive, and jealous, and say, "Hey, this is ours. This is local. We get to claim this." And so it's kind of a you know a give and take. These are Aloman boys. That's I think what I'm hearing is we need guys. to raise our prices. By the yeah, way, I think, you so. know, I think we got to raise my, prices. My family roots are in Loman and Russellville. We may be related. Uh, well, there's and, a lot and, of in laws. If out we there. are, that means that I probably have a claim to some of this family. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, I think we went to school with some in-laws. My family tree doesn't branch very much. Yeah, that's pretty much straight up. <laughs> Was that the good in-laws or the ones you guys don't talk you about? You know, we, I, I'm almost confident we probably had some horse thieves in our background. I'm not sure. We, so have, some, we, we just, have some heroes and we have some horse yeah, thieves. That's right. Well, we just poured another one uh, yeah, because is, that's what – this is uh, the best show ever. This is. <laughs> Let me tell you. We'll be, I'll be amazed if we get through this show. So this is the black – Anvil. This is the family reserve. Oh man, yeah. yeah, that's the one that I was just talking about. That's finished in the toasted barrel, and very, it's different. Very sim- very similar nose to the your your flagship, but the feel get, is different. I get. I haven't tasted it yet. The, I get more floral notes off of it than I do the the hard caramel vanilla that I got on the. Yeah, so the if you think of the nose from the corn that has that almost a strong uh, kettle corn nose, yeah, and then that's tempering that robust caramel note that you get from the bourbon by itself. It just, I don't know, it, it kind of, they don't cancel each other out, but they blend together. And it mellows it. We think. Yeah. What's, what's the proof on that, Russ? Uh, 101. Yeah, and it's it doesn't feel like that either. Oh, One, you're kidding me. No, it's, no, it's 50.5%, so that's 101. Proof. I wouldn't have guessed that over 80 proof. Yeah, really? I mean, it's I get a little, I get a little more bite on this one. There's a little under the tongue at the back, but yeah. it's not aggressive. It's almost like the jalapenos in Sweet Smoke Barbecue's white cheddar jalapeno grits. <laughs> it's not. You just, it's just a little bit of a touch that you just say, "Oh, there it is." Yeah, you know, it's perfect. We did a very pairing. nice. We did a very pairing nice. with Sweet Smoke. We had a, a magazine. Uh, article was that Jeff City Magazine, I think, and Ross and our brother John did. You guys came up with all of the notes for that for the for what their chef, uh, yeah, we paired John, it together. Yeah. Big John, yeah. yeah, John's been on. John was on the show. John's a former guest, yeah, yep. prior guest. Well, that I, this stuff would pair very nicely. Oh with, my gosh, this right. would be great with barbecue. Oh, yeah. Okay, Absolutely. so before before we get too far down the road, I want you guys to be sure to talk about all of your product lines that you're. We've talked about whiskeys and bourbons, uh, the Family Reserve, but what else are you distilling? What what else do you have out there that Blacksmith is doing? We thought it was prudent to have, you know, a vodka. Everybody's got a vodka. It's very simple to make. And thank God, doesn't take barrels. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> straight uh, to the bottle. You just right. go right on in there. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy enough. You know, we're already using Missouri corn so much. So we've got uh, a, a straight vodka that's just a 100% Missouri corn. Okay. Uh, what's different about it is we chose to bottle it at 100 proof. Which is unusual for vodkas. It's, it's pretty common for more and more of the barrel age or barrel proof uh, type bourbons. For our bombie vodka, what, what, what is typical vodka? What is typical for, for, for vodka? 80. 80. 80. Okay. Yeah. Actually, all liquor is pretty much uh, 80, 80 is proof. the standard. Okay. Okay. All right. And then uh, our youngest brother uh, that's out in L.A., he came up with a gin that's done remarkably well. And so with a, with another uh, – With one of his clients. Client out there. And we're okay. like, well, I think we should do that here. Come up with something for us and, you know, more Missouri, if you will. Right. So he came up with a very interesting uh, botanical blend. And so that's our quench tank gin. And I think we're up to six international awards on that now. And it's, yeah, it's including very. Including two golds. Yeah. I recall tasting the gin when we did the tour and it was amazing gin. I loved it for our bon vivants out there. Unfamiliar. What's the recipe? How do you, how do you make gin? Yeah. So this is definitely a family affair. Uh, ask my daughter behind me. The kids hate it when we make this. Uh, yeah. it's cucumbers, sugar snap peas. Uh, cilantro, mint, uh, Japanese mountain pepper, and sugar snap peas. Oh yeah. Well, good and good for you. Yeah. Oh sure. Well, well, there you go. Well, well I was going to say that sounds like a healthy salad to me. Well, it is. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
Just have uh, have one of those a day. And you well, get where all do you get Japanese mountain peppers? That sounds very specific. They come from China. <laughs> you know, I believe you. You're probably right. I don't know how he oh, came up with that goodness. particular additive, but you know he did. And so, I mean, we're doing that by you know by hand, obviously, as we do everything. So it's twenty to twenty five pounds of sugar snap peas that you have to break those oh my blessed gosh. things open. And <laughs> it, take, it takes a day. It takes a day to make a batch, and it starts with our with our vodka. So you just okay. use a vodka base. Okay. And then you put the botanicals in it. And of course they have to be 51% juniper. Oh my goodness. Well, I was, I, that's, and that's kind of where I was going. Juniper is what we think of with gin. So. Yeah, like a, you're, you're eating a Christmas tree. Oh, and by the way, or drinking. We're, we're trying this one too. <laughs> Brad's a bad influence on me. He's forcing me to try the gin. <laughs> oh, every, Bobby, now, Bobby, this is, I'll you tell know you what, better. This is, this is, flo- it's not floral. It's, it's flo- no, floral, I think floral is. Floral is what you want and it almost, is, almost fruity. Is I was going to say it's almost veget- vegetable like. <laughs> There's two. That's not the right word. What? A, it's vegetative. It's. Uh, <laughs> it, it. You should be able to smell. It's like produce. The cucumber. Yeah. Herbal. No, I do. Yeah. It's herbal. Herb. Herb. Herbal. Yeah. And it tastes herbal. It really does. I am not personally a fan of gin, and uh, when, but I can drink this, and it's that same Christmas tree thing. It's like, ooh, you know, I'm not not a fan. Yeah. But put put this in a gin ricky and um sure. then you've got a light, sweet, great summer drink. Well, I would imagine with the this has what I would say is a broad range of flavor profiles in it. Oh it does. So I, for a cocktail, uh, using a cocktail, you could it's gonna go a long way in cocktails. You that could do you a, lot, a lot of different stuff. You could with do a it. lot of things with this. You sure can. You really could. Makes a great mule as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, would. that surprised That's, me. When Russ That's made good. that, yeah, it surprised me a great deal. Yeah. But another key uh, to that is we don't just use the European juniper as most gins do, but we also use uh, juniper berries from the cedar trees on our farm. So it gives us cedar come berries. Come to my house, guys. <laughs> if you ever need juniper berries, <laughs> you got, got red cedars all over the place. We got berries that you wouldn't believe. So all we'll, right, we'll call you next batch that we're making. You and, have and you a, collect a couple, put five pounds of it or so, and bring okay, it back. Okay, I can do that. Other flavored stuff. I know you mentioned uh, when we were off air about some some flavored products that are, are popular. Yeah. So uh, Mike mentioned our, our dad's Apple Jack. He'd learned some <laughs> from a Hungarian <laughs> crazy guy. recipe in a just, just basement the word cellar. Apple Jack sort of you know has the moonshine. Oh, pro- you know, kind of has the moonshine stuff, oh, yeah. kind of uh, connotation to it. Dis- distilled fruit spirits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you heard the story of. How this old gentleman was teaching him how to make it. It's unbelievable in itself, but I wanted to make something similar yet more relevant to the market. So uh, basically we make, uh, we're called smashed apple and it's uh, apple wine whiskey. So we ferment a hundred percent apple juice into wine and then we blend our two whiskeys in with it and put it in a barrel. So wow. when I take it out, I then I back sweeten it with apple juice again. So you get a nice, fresh, crisp apple flavor right in front. Very nice. Anybody can drink it. It's only 40 proof. And then you get just a real pleasant whiskey finish. So that's a 20% alcohol, which is like a strong wine. Most yeah. of the wines are yeah. 13 to, to 18%. Yeah, 13, 13, 13 to 15. 15 yeah. 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 It's uh, really good cold. And it's phenomenal if you want to heat it up, put it over a cinnamon stick. You know, uh, you know what I can see it is like uh, mold for Christmas, like with, yeah, exactly. Uh, in a, a in a hot 
toddy type yep. drink. Yeah, yep. that'd be great. Slice of orange. You even, bet. Even with the apple. Now, some, when I do some, that, I've got to add more spices. Booze, but it sounds, like, it yeah. sounds like a, a, a seasonal Christmas Sounds sort like a party to me. It does. It does, yes. Well, guys, we can't tell you how grateful we are for you guys coming on and sharing your, first of all, sharing your story, and secondly, sharing your product. Absolutely. And uh, I'm a fan. Uh, I have been a fan anyway since we did the tour, but we want to help you get the word out there and uh, and get this stuff. We would like to see you so busy you can't keep up. That's right. You're probably there already. But, well, uh, are you there? I was going to ask, Keith, I was going to ask a little bit about distribution, how things are going. I, and I did, and, I, I did too, and I don't want to, I want to, yeah. uh, that and challenges, just, cha- you know, what are you up against? Yeah, that's right. We're up against time. And uh, the three of us are the Russ and I are the production guys because uh, I live there and he lives two hours away, so we're the production. Dad's retired, you know. He's our chief taster, um, but uh, he is as a, well he should be. He yeah. is a hoot. Uh, he is, he a, he is so, a great character. He was so much fun. And uh, we should I think get him we on met, the show. We need to get him on the show sometime. You'll need a longer show. Longer show. <laughs> yeah, very long show. <laughs> I mean, we talk a lot. You get well, dad I can tell in you, here. This and, is one of our longer ones, which is fine because we don't. We are not bound we, by time. We have we have no no time. We have limit. nowhere to go. And when we have fun, we don't care. So it's <laughs> nice. our show. We can do it. That's, that's fine. That's we right. love the stories. But rabbit we holes. Love, yeah. Rabbit holes are our friend all the time. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what we try and do is we're trying to maximize Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Because we all have full-time jobs. And uh, I don't think we're any closer than five years, if we're lucky, to uh, being able to retire and work at full-time. Now, things could change. You know, something could happen. Um, we've this had podcast. This I'm, podcast with your 1.3 million viewers? Yeah. Listeners? Yes. 1.8? Something like that. <laughs> well, it's, it's really close. Yeah. <laughs> and some kind angel investor that just doesn't want any part Sorry, of Sorry, Rogan. Yeah. Let's talk off air about there. Yeah. Yes, we might, we might actually have uh, somebody we need to introduce you to. That's right. But, uh, and so people have, uh, a lot of people have asked if we wanted to take investors and to grow. And the answer has been no initially. It's, it's 100% family owned. Yeah. Um, we really like, we, we, we are growing how we intended to do, you know, first one bar and then three bars and then a liquor store and then a grocery store. And, and that's so we can keep up. Right. And because initially before we got the bigger still, we could only make three gallons in a weekend. <laughs> wow. That's not going to last you very long. Well, that'll barely get me through the weekend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all in low. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> we professional drinkers are pretty much the I same. Know. So. Yeah. so what are the rest of you doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what we've done is in leaps and bounds, we've learned different things. Somebody reads something. One of the things Russ went and did is he became a bourbon steward. Am I saying that correctly? Executive bourbon steward. Oh, executive. I'm sorry. He's an executive, executive bourbon steward. Bourbon. Oh nice. my gosh! Look at that. <laughs> he's got the. Ep- he's wearing the he's, thing he's and everything. The, he's wearing the that's bling. Cool. The cross themes. Got, uh, is that like is that almost one? like a master sommelier for? Is, that like a, yeah. uh, is it? Yeah. Cool. Okay. It's close. It's yeah. Not quite a not, master. <laughs> yeah, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. But he did that because we wanted to learn, and he learned some things about yeast. That then we applied and it turned around and it gave us more yield. Um, we switched to some different uh, equipment, uh, boil bags, for example, and that allowed us to use uh, thinner or more finely ground corn, which gave us more yield. Yeah. And so we've gone from being able to make three gallons a weekend to 12 to 15 gallons in a weekend. Well, that's, that's huge. And that's in a cool. one year period. Yeah, that's huge. Guys. And that would cover Keith's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd, it'd, come so. clo- it'd come a lot closer. <laughs> it'd come a lot closer. <laughs> 
<laughs> that is neat. Anything else you want to tell us about the product line, anything like that, before we get into the third segment of the show, which is probably the most fun part? <laughs> well, as, this, as, as if we haven't had fun already. This first part's been pretty good. It's been pretty fun. <laughs> but this is the educational part, you know? Oh, yeah. Entertaining and informative. And informative. Yeah. That's right. Thanks for listening to this episode, Bon Vivants. And remember, episode 39 is a two-parter with the brothers from Blacksmith Distillery. So download the next episode, part two, and thanks for listening. We Like That Too is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivants everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, welikethatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Like That Podcast. So everybody, hey, remember the numbers. One bottle, two good friends, and three top picks because we We like like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too We like that too